0: Hello, plant planners, and welcome to series two of the plant-based business podcast brought to you by us here at Feevolution. In the show, we explore what it takes to create and scale a plant-based business. I am Damien Clarkson, co-founder of Feevolution, and alongside my other co-founder, Judy Nadelle, your podcast host today. So each week on this show, we speak to a range of entrepreneurs and investors who are passionate about creating positive plant power change in the world. And this week we speak to none other than Feevolution investor, co-founder of Natural Balanced Foods, Jamie Coombs. So Natural Balanced Foods created those amazing Trek and Naked bars everyone loves. So Jamie and his brother, Greg, arrived in the UK in 2004 on a mission to transform the healthy snacking industry. And they grew their business into a multi-million pound snacking empire. Upon launching, the Naked brand became a sensation in the snacking industry and revolutionized the better for you eating category in the UK. In this interview, we discussed Jamie's origin story and how he became an entrepreneur, how natural balanced foods changed the UK snacking industry forever, the importance of getting your brand story right, and the role of mindset as an entrepreneur. Okay, now I'm with the show. Remember, if you enjoyed this conversation, please share it and tag us at plantbasedbusiness and at Fevolution underscore. See you in there. Bye. Jamie Coombs. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing great. Nice to see you
1: guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Always a pleasure.
1: So great to see you.
0: And, and so look, there's going to be so much we're going to cover in this podcast because you've had an incredible um, business career, but let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us about your upbringing and were you always interested in becoming an entrepreneur? Uh,
2: no, wasn't always interested in entrepreneur. I was an artistic kind of creative kid. I was born in, uh, in Ohio in the 70s, you know, the youngest of three brothers. Um, I was born in April Fool's. So I think that made me kind of inherently sceptical. we moved to uh we moved to California from Ohio when I was about 10 years old that was a big deal that was like wowie you know this whole world existed and then I uh grew up in Northern California and then went to college in uh, Southern California and by the time I was you know through through that period I was getting I don't know like a lot of 20 somethings just a little skeptical about society and a little nervous about the path I was on and just a little wondering if this was oh, my idea, or I was just following somebody else's plan. And um, and so then got very interested in getting out of the country, going traveling, backpacking, just kind of seeing the world. So um, after I went and got my MBA, instead of going into business, I went and joined what was kind of like a Peace Corps for MBAs. It's called the MBA Enterprise Corps. And so I went to Eastern Europe and lived in Ukraine and Moldova, and I got to be kind of the young MBA guy in the late 90s that took all these former Soviet companies that were trying to privatize. And what do you do with those? So I, was, I got dropped off in these fantastically weird Eastern European companies and uh, was trying to, to westernize them and fix them and untangle this whole mess of what was going on. Uh, so that was really interesting. That was kind of my first taste into business after kind of reluctantly getting pulled in when I realized I couldn't just, you know, draw and hike with my dog. (laughs) Um, But then after a few, a few years of that, around 2000, um, again, kind of my disenchantment with business in general was there. You know, I think uh, like a lot of people, it was like, uh, all my, my time is valuable. What am I, what am I putting into and What am I contributing to? And uh, having been in Ukraine and Moldova, I became really conscious of, wow, you can really invest your time in a way that has big impacts. Like we're making a, big changes in those little communities that we were doing. And so the idea of business as a force of good, oh, okay, that dawned on me. It's not just this this evil thing out there. It's like, oh, it can be really used wisely and done well. Um, But that wasn't kind of the corporate grind that I felt like I was slowly getting groomed for. Uh, So after I left Ukraine, I took a couple years off and lived in a cabin in Idaho and creative writing and researching and it was really kind of a finding myself and what do I want to do next period and I had been fortunate in Ukraine to have saved up some money Uh, so I got to have that kind of go to the mountaintop feeling Um, and then like a lot of people when you come back down you realize hey what you do with your time and your career it's all one thing and uh, what am I interested in participating in and what do I see going on and how do I think I can be helpful and uh, so Yada, 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 a few t- twists and turns. Um, one of the things that I became really focused on with my brother was what we are called the th- holistic revolution. This idea, this bigger sense of, hey, this, people are starting to dawn on them that we're not separate from nature. We're part of nature. You know, your skin's a bridge, but it's also a barrier or a bridge. It's all one happening. This idea and how this kind of holistic way of thinking is drilling down into all sorts of areas. You see it. The whole environmental movement, all sorts of fitness movements, mental health movements, all of this basic kind of process, holistic way of looking at things. Um, And when I applied that into the, the food industry where I was interested in, it was kind of this inevitable push towards whole food type alternatives. And the analogy we always used was like the difference between a Fanta and an orange, that spectrum. And it seemed to me inevitable that the nature of solutions, the nature of being helpful, the nature of all sorts of things was moving a couple steps closer toward a more get in harmony nature, get in harmony with nature kind of model, as opposed to antagonistically work against it. Um, so, in the context of food, that seemed to me of it's whole food versus processed food. And I felt like I had this insight, like history only goes one way. And also this idea that it, it's part of this bigger web of kind of the zeitgeist of our time, which is going to be getting more harmony with nature as opposed to extract it from nature. So in my head, I always had this model of, you can look at things as kind of a garden or a gold mine. <laughs> in a gold mine, you're out there to extract things and leave it worse than you find it. A garden, you're building systems and ecosystems and networks and you're cultivating something that's going to grow long after you. Um, so once I started to see kind of business and life and career in that model, then suddenly, oh, now I've got a mission that's significant enough and non-trivial enough to go out there to all the trouble you, you guys know, <laughs> you, you put yourself into to, to build anything. It has to be something that, at least for me anyway, I had to feel so certain about and so, so much conviction about and within my area of expertise. So I wasn't kind of overreaching what I didn't know. Um, but I felt like I had this little piece of the future. Um, and then moving to England, coming from... California, with that, it truly was a little bit of a future because in the food industry you're a little bit of ahead. So this weird California guy and his brother show up talking raw vegan food. Oh, you know, we're not crazy, we're <laughs> first. And this whole story, which later became kind of a whole food revolution, which is kind of our take on how this is going to play out in the food industry and what can't not happen. From there, we onward and upward, and there's a kind of the classic entrepreneurial archetype story showed up with nothing, you know, my suitcases and my girlfriend and we messed around and tried to find contract producers to make bars for us. And I had never done anything in the food industry. And so all those terrible things about having to do cold calls and chopping up your own samples and making mock-ups and everything. So that whole early journey, and then we had a lot of good fortune along the way and a lot of good people along the way. And it became, easier and easier just to hire people smarter than me ask them what i what they would do if they were me and then take their good advice and so now i find myself just surrounded by all these <laughs> smart able capable folks and uh, i'm more and more like the grandfather every day it just is, is it doesn't have to do anything cuz the kids are so capable. <laughs> and and the, and the story has moved al- and the story's moved along so much that it's not even novel now it's like hey it, everybody knows you know, what what seemed like big news fifteen years ago is uh, a little more common yeah. knowledge. And their whole generation of people have, have grown into it. So I remember going to early Tesco meetings and things and they're giving me this look, like, what are you talking about? And uh, we're saying, like, no, we're not we're like vegan raw, like what is this? And it was and saying the line we used to say last like, no, we're not crazy, we're first. There's more coming. They're coming just over the hill. And, uh, and if we could just hold our nerve long enough, some of them would be like, okay. <laughs> and it would work. And uh, it turned out that there was this whole generation and era of us that kind of started out at the same time. that kind of had the same insight. that all this process junk stuff is legacy of a bygone age and it's not helpful and it's not going to stick around and there's no security in it. And the nature of what's next is getting in harmony with nature in whatever context. Yeah. And uh, that, in the business world, passes for enough insight to to build on. And so that's what we've been doing. We've had this nice, wonderful, clear thing of whole food alternatives to junk food for 15, 16 years now.
1: It's incredible. And so, when you when you started Natural Balance Foods, like where did you get the idea of like the bar? Because like the snacking industry when you started, like it is not how it is now. Like what kind of inspired you to create this like really healthy bar made from you know full of dates and amazing plants and healthy ingredients? And like what made you also come to the UK? What inspired you to come and start the company in the UK?
2: Yeah, the the type was just kind of philosophy driven. I mean, we kind of from first principles, like what are you interested in eating? And for us, Whole Foods was foods that in and of themselves are real food. So the whole mental model that gets to we're going to slice and dice and process all this stuff to make some frankenfood was just never on our agenda. So this idea of Whole Food Alternatives as a thing, that meant something for, to us. And there had been some people guiding the way. You know, When we'd gotten there, Innocent had just been doing it effectively in smoothies. That was like mm. Innocent PJs. And that, from our, in our language, they were doing a whole food alternative to soda. That's what a smoothie looked like. So back in that day, when we started, a lot of people could understand us in terms of relative to innocent. Oh, yeah, we're kind of like innocent, but for bars. <laughs> and we would say that this whole food revolution is going to go across every category. This instinct to go from this hyper-processed products to more natural, innovative brands. That's not just a one category, one-off. That's cross-category, that's cross-cultural, that's cross-demographic, that's never going away. That's gonna sweep across your whole store, and none of these brands are designed to deliver it for you, Mr. Grocer. You got a real problem, but we're here to help you with your problem, so don't worry. (laughs) And uh, so that, we felt really strongly about that, and the fact that we were different allowed us to just say, yep, we're not in that same category, we're in a different category, and it's small now, but it's gonna grow, and we're the number one in that category and you need someone like us, and if not us, someone like us, and there isn't anybody like us because we're first. And so we had this wonderful niche where people kind of already intuited it it was true that natural was coming and healthy, but they hadn't quite framed it in a coherent enough long game that showed them that, hey, the the right thing to do ethically and morally is also the smart thing to do business-wise. And hey, lo and behold, if you're doing the smart, effective thing, it turns out to be a lot more fun Doing anything else, um, yeah, and so then in the UK, once we had this insight, it was where can you really be first? Because now it's like, okay, in in our lingo, we're opening up this new long game story of the whole food revolution, and we've got a role in it, and here's how it's going to play out. America was just too big, and it was already, it wasn't as novel there, there had already been hints of it. And uh, whereas I could come to England, be this crazy American guy with a little bit of the future in his hand and this story that sounds like it might not be crazy and oh if you had the bars they're pretty good you know and i gave one to my friend who's a vegan and she and so there had that that nice setup and then uh so coming to the uk with that and hey we're only trying to be helpful and this air of uh, inevitability of it and then we had this just and, and we still do this just sense of generosity feed everybody give everybody bars just every, you know we go to trade shows and just be absurdly generous go to any offices i'd go into i just give bars to everybody and um cuz we we're so confident in it it's like you don't know what this is but get ready to be happy because when you find out what it is and have a taste you're going to be delighted and ask me for more you know? <laughs> so here's a bunch to give to your friends and there was just su- such this positive energy about it and we're just trying to only project good and do good uh, that it was very attractive you know, to, to a lot of people and had the advantage of being true. And as it worked, it was an easy thing for people to get on board. And, uh, and even the retailers and stuff would get a bad rap. Those are just individual people that are trying to do good things too. So often I'd sit in a meeting and, I'd be, and we'd be talking about the whole kind of change of the food industry and they'd be lamenting how junk food was everywhere, even though you know, they're running the category. And it would be like, yeah, well, it's in meetings like this with people like you, with people like me, and products like this. Is how that changes, you know. List three bars, <laughs> see what happens. And so we had this wonderful, compelling moment in time um, that I think was a lot of good fortune. And then, as you guys know, you build anything; it's all team. So all these good people doing all this smart stuff.
0: And uh, I think something that was incredible with your your brand your, it was your branding, really, with both Naked and then the Trek creation you created um your own unique language and we when we talk about me and judy when we talk about you we say jamie just speaks so clearly and concisely and in a really unique way and i think that really translated into the first with naked you know how you talk about the products and so a lot of people listening to this this show will be building brands at the moment what tips do you have for them in terms of creating your own unique brand story
2: the model that I've ended up using, and get the question a lot, is almost like the dashboard. Like, what if you're at the kind of the top, upper level? What is it that you kind of have to, the big chunks you have to keep keep straight? Um, and so for me, I always broke it into four things. And one of them was like the long game. What's the story? What's the narrative? Not just of where you've been, but where you are and what's coming next, and your role in it and everybody else's role in it. Because particularly if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be walking into a place where What's the story, kid? What are you doing? And you have to really quickly be able to show what you're doing and how it weaves in with them and give them a role that they deem mighty and they deem helpful, you know? You're just a background to their story. So it's kind of the weaving of your long games together. So in Natural Balance Foods, it was, here, let me show you Tesco Sainsbury's, how the whole food revolution is gonna go down every aisle and how you need a brand like this. And you're gonna list that and that's gonna be great because then we're gonna do this and you're gonna get a promotion, it's gonna be wonderful. And here's how it's going to play out. And that can't be bullshit. That has to be something you really believe. And you have to have a little bit of an insight, or at least I only feel comfortable going into business if I feel I have a little bit of an insight. And it's like, oh, I know how this is going to play out. And so again, I'm holding a little bit of the future, but I'll share it with other people. And then they can get on this long game. And that, and if that's going to a noble place, not just making money, not just being some kind of extractive enterprise. But no, this is the nature of how you cultivate we kind of call the clean green future the next era when things are working out better Um, and i think there's such a hunger for people to be part of that and for that all to be coherent what their business what they're doing with their time and their business and how they're helping society people have this long game and i think you come into it as an entrepreneur and you're trying to improve it say hey come with me and this path opens up and you're gonna have a lot more fun and satisfaction down this way so i think that's the main thing i think investors forgive a lot but when you hear a long game that resonates no you can't unring the bell and just like yeah i understand i say this and knowing that our view is going to be more coherent than whatever theirs is because ours is going to be balanced on these whole four dimensions one of which is my long game goes back farther than yours goes forward farther than yours includes you in it and makes you a hero and they don't have any of that they're a they're going through their life and their life is a buyer. They, they get into this pattern of people come to grovel at me and I say no and then I screw them on price and that's what happens. But you come up and have to shake that whole like that's not what happened in here, man. Because I'm not the one with the problem. You're the one with the problem. You've got a whole grocery store full of stuff that isn't Whole Food Alternatives in an era when it's coming. I don't know what you're going to do without brands like me. And just, you, I felt until I could take control of that narrative, you're always reactive on the back foot And a lot of that is just using their terminology. So, and and the nice thing about getting your long game straight is it costs you no money, it doesn't do anything. You can do it just on your desk, just thinking it through. And a lot of the elements, it has a lot of the elements that business schools have of, you know, mission, vision, values, all that. That's planning out what the future is. But it's even more rich, I think, if you kind of take like the narrative idiom of like storytelling. Right, you're taking them on a heroic journey, and they're going to have to go through trials, and they're going to come out better than before, and they're going to return and leave the place, of, leave the world a better place. All of kind of the the techniques of narrative and storytelling are also embedded in there. So I think that's an under underrated thing. It's not just hey, what's your plan? What's your strategic plan? What's your milestones? Those are part of it, but that whole thing is for the entrepreneur to dress up, and uh, and I call that long game and that long game rests in a in like well why that long game there's some metaphors that, that work in there i talk about a whole food revolution things like that and that goes up to the what we call deep game it's just a metaphoric framing of the whole thing that's going on and so our deep game is about natural balance this idea if you got to be the insides have to be in harmony with the outsides right the individual and the environment go together they're of a piece the idea is harmony like music it's not antagonism and so that whole different deep game framing of what's going on, then that's what makes the long game fits in that context, if that makes sense. So natural balance is what we're after. I'm not trying to make anybody wrong. I'm not trying to, it's just, hey, this is the natural evolution of things. And right now, Tesco, society, individual, you're just out of balance. There's nothing wrong with that. It happens, you, you will be again. Nature will in the context of food, yeah, you're out of balance. You got too much processed crap everywhere, but that's okay, we're gonna fix that. And then you'll be in a better balance. And that natural balance that you'll get to, there'll be a little process crap, but too much is too much. And you got too much. You know, and now's the time we're gonna fix that. Um, So those are two dimensions I think are really important for the entrepreneur, particularly, to control. That's his his or her precious spot. Because the third dimension that, that manage is easier to outsource, that's what I call the mid game. That's the operations, that's the trucks, that's the building, that's everything you can bump your head on or run into of physical things, you know, the naked bar itself is a piece of mid game. It's a thing in itself. Um, so there's that whole world that a lot of people, if that's not their world, it's easy to get overwhelmed. They think all business is that. It's managing all of that world and creating all of those, the machines and systems and gadgets and environments that allow you to build on the long game. So in natural balance foods thing, our mid game was, we gotta have a factory to make them. We have to have bars to make. What are we gonna say on the wrapper? All of the gadget itself and then that gadget becomes part of a system and then those systems weave together to create an environment yeah about everything from your factory to your truck to your desk to your backpack to your pencil it's all mid-game <laughs> from my point of view and it needs managing and it's important <laughs> and uh it's the difference between someone who has a, a dreamy-eyed long game like a lot of entrepreneurs they've got a great long game but they've got no mid-game and i had that too you know start off in your house you lived in a van you know all the all your horror stories about the early days before have any mid game. But if your long game is good enough, you'll attract mid game. So good investors will come and say, "God, that long game makes so much sense, and you're so capable here. I want to, I want to be a part of it." Um, but that's why the long game, I think, has added value because you don't need money to do long game. You just need the the final piece, which is what I call short game. So your mid game is your stuff. Your long game is your story. Your deep game is the framing of the whole thing. The short game is what most people call themselves. It's your it's your inner world. It's that combat, that three part bit of what you're thinking what you're feeling and what you're doing and each one of us at every moment has this swirling bit and your customers do your employees do we do everyone you're ever going to talk to has a short game they got thoughts going through emotions happening and physical stuff they're doing and it's all happening simultaneously everywhere all at once in a jumble (laughs) and it reacts to the mid-game environment they're presented with and it reacts to the long game they're presented with and it reacts to the deep game they're presented with so at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is help somebody by getting them to change their behavior. What do they need to think and feel to do this different thing? In this context of ditch processed food and eat more whole food alternatives, turn off the TV and go exercise. <laughs> I know the activity I want them to do. What 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 do they have to think in there for to make that common sense? Because you know, like a lot of plant-based vegan people, they don't it's no Angst to not eat meat doesn't even cross their mind. It sounds disgusting. They're not interested at all It's not a willpower thing because just in their short game. They've get an internal feeling of like no. No, thank you um, So that that short game bit needs to get managed and there's concepts in there that people need to have So when I'm talking about I like to go and kind of take control of the language I like to put some concepts in here. We talk about whole food revolution. We talk about clean green future We talk about whole food alternatives my terms, so they're not polluted with somebody else's language. Oh, what does healthy mean? Oh, what does natural mean? I like to just kind of control that. And so for me, that's the short-term, short game idea space. Make sure that's populated with the kind of ideas you want to talk about.
1: Yeah I think like what you're talking about with like the four dimensions is just so interesting and especially what you were saying with the long game how it doesn't cost anything it's something that you can just do when you're sat at your desk and I think it's really valuable information for people in early stage startups who don't have a big budget to kind of like you know spend a lot of time to kind of like you know with their marketing and branding and all that kind of stuff so I think it's really important and also how you were saying about the storytelling how you kind of take the buyers and people who try and scare you with their language you kind of take the storytelling out. Element and get them on board with what you're doing because it's not just a product; it's a whole movement and a whole mission that you're doing. And I think using that language, which most people listening to this who who have got a plant-based business will have that language, because everyone's got a mission-driven business. I think it's so important to utilize that and feel empowered by that to get people to you know. It's not about buying into the product; it's about buying into like your mission and your movement. Um, and what I would love to know, because I think like that's great for like you know getting kind of buying and like the people you know who are kind of in the business side on board but how did you go about educating the public in the early days when you created natural balance and and your and the naked bars like how did you educate the the public to kind of you know get as excited um as you know the people who were like stocking and you know kind of becoming ambassadors of your brands
2: well there was a lot of them already there already so you know this is all kind of on the shoulders of giants you know so this community had been kind of building for a long time and so we were able to go mainstream because there was a, the time had come and there was enough base there already. Um, but on top of that, I always think it's really important to get a good kind of like. If you got something new, your customers gonna be like, what's what's it kind of like? Oh, it's kind. If it's something that's kind of like something familiar that they feel good about, that puts their mind at ease. And um, so that's what Naked was trying to do. When we came in, it was a lot of kind of Jillian McKeith health food is gonna be bad, you know, not going to taste good, but suck it up and eat it because it's good for you. And that, that idea, say, no, no, that's not how you're going to do it. You're going to seduce people because it's going to be so much better and so much delicious and they're going to feel better. They're just going to do it anyway. And they just don't know about it yet because it's new, but that's okay. That's what you're here for. And so this whole process is working perfectly and kind of meet them where they are with their skepticism. Um, and then, and then that same thing, try to take control of some of the language. So we are really conscious to talk about, it's not a cereal bar, it's a whole food bar, you know, in, in defining our terms. And then on each and every package, we put our long game. If you look at every naked bar, it's, you know, get ready to be happy, join the whole food revolution. That in a nutshell, uh, is, is our kind of long game, what we're trying to do. And that's partly to let people know what we're doing, but also to help them, be a part of it. It's like by simply switching from processed stuff to whole food stuff, you're suddenly part of this whole community. And what could be easier than controlling what you put in your mouth and it tastes good anyway, and it's affordable. So trying to make it irresistible. Um, but again, because the desire was already there and then just mixing this idea of don't try to get them to like the taste of miso, get the miso to taste like a brownie. And then, um, So a little bit of that, like felt like the felt like the next thing again, which for in our philosophy, which is kind of get in the harmony of nature. You're not making people wrong. Don't make them wrong if that's what they want. See if we can, you know, they want that flavor, but can can you deliver it on a better uh, food platform? Mm. You know, yeah. What if I could give you chocolate, but I give you a whole food based chocolate instead of processed food based? It turns out that people aren't married to the processed way. They just like the flavor of chocolate. Yeah and the time they'd come for that was, was building anyway. So I don't think we created that so much as if we didn't do, it was bound to happen.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: right around that period. If we hadn't done it,
0: someone else. Yeah. Would. You moved really fast. And I actually remember when naked bars came out, uh, I was re- at a time really into weight training football. I was super active and I was just amazed. I was like, wow, have you had these things? I think they're like, dates. They, so they're like really healthy. And, you know, I, I can eat them when I'm going to the gym. I, I was just absolutely blown away, you know. And I w- at the time, I wouldn't say I was someone who was obsessed with the Whole Foods Revolution because I didn't really know it was coming. And I think that seeing those in the store was like a, a light bulb moment for me that things that tasted good, like I love chocolate, you know, could actually be healthy um so yeah I that was that was incredible and and one of the things I want to go back to which you mentioned earlier was getting great people in the business and you said like your kids have all grown up now and you know you can trust them to kind of run the ship and do things in a really great way like how do you go about building that team in the really early days how do you get those three or five people um around you you know when you're just starting out to help you sort of get to the get to the sort of level where you're in stores and you're starting to have some successes.
2: Yeah, I think um, for us anyway, I, I put a lot of value in having that long game that they deem mighty. It's not trivial. You know, you're not just going to go sell some crappy thing and spend your time. You're part of something a little bigger than yourself. And then we're not going to cram you in some role that isn't suited for you. You know, if you're on board, we're going to find a role that you can get into flow. Because I think I'm always, for an employee, I'm trying to get them into a, a generative flow and that's a personal thing you know when people are working at their best and feeling good so i think that again our focus on i'm trying to trying to create an environment for the employees where they can get in flow and help move the the long game around and uh, we still have our first employee we still have a lot of people that we hired and when we didn't have anything and they just if you're an entrepreneur they've got to believe in your long game hey this makes sense and then they got to believe in you this guy's not a bullshitter and cuz at the beginning you have to carry the conviction of the long game and hold your nerve when people say, "Oh no, that's not how it's going to play out." You're like, "No, no, 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 you're mistaken. You'll see."
0: And after about a decade of running Natural Balance Foods, you and your brother decide to find a partner in, in Lotus Foods, and, and you kind of um, partially exit the business um, in 2016. And you know anyone who's been through M and A, a M&A process will tell you that whether it's successful or unsuccessful, it's a massive journey. And it was announced last week that, you know, um, you're moving on to a new chapter with with Natural Balanced Foods and um, you've sold a, a bit more of your stake in the company. Can you just talk about the process of, firstly, realising you wanted to maybe exit the business and how that was because after a decade of building this company with your heart and soul, how did you go about finding someone to trust your baby with and how, how was that whole process?
2: Yeah, well, it's not exit. I'm still involved and we've always had partners. So I've never been the majority owner. My job's always been to pull together different teams of partners and those have changed and investors have changed all the time. And I've been kind of the keeper of the long (laughs) game and the keeper of the deep game frame, pulling different people in and out as we needed to do. And so that's including myself, you know, after 16 years of running it, you know, there, there's another, Case study you don't want to be, which is the entrepreneur that holds on too long and starts to micromanage long after the kids have, have grown mm-hmm. up. Um, so, we were looking for when we partnered for Lotus, and it was really hard to, to find, but we are ready to international partner, you know, because we we're suddenly, how do you take this globally and that infrastructure? You know, I didn't, we don't have any of that mid game. You know, how do you I need sales guys in every office? How do you sell to Korea? All that. So, that infrastructure. Of somebody who already had it but then also a company that's ethical and moral enough that they're bought into the whole food revolution and even if they're not uh selling whole food now they recognize the tie to history and they want to be transformed part of the solution um, so lotus was a dream pick it's a family business ethical folks have been around for a long time do business just the way i like to do business and they're going to be here with us for a long time not we got offers from everybody. We talked to all the big guys. It was all very <laughs> flattering. Um, but you're you're in some big, big faceless enterprise. And the guy you dealt with gets promoted and he's gone and so-and-so is fired. And then you get, it's just not at all. Again, what I'm interested in, I was not at all interested in handing over Whole Food Revolution to someone that didn't take it seriously and sincerely. Um, so for me, that was...
0: Yeah, it's about the continuity.
2: Yeah, particularly going forward, knowing that like, okay, this is who's going to, you know, who's going to be driving the bus, and I'm going to get in the side. I'm going to be grandpa someday. So, um, I and, and doing that willfully because again, I didn't want to. The plan was not to be one of these. The entrepreneur is the focus kind of thing. So it's always it's not about us. We played a, a small part. The team is much bigger. And then as this team grows, the investors are part of the team too, mm-hmm. and they've got to be being on the mission. Um, so I've been delighted with Lotus, and we're not. Exiting, we're kind of advancing to the front, working on the whole suite and the next generation of innovation. So from my point of view, it's not retreating to the back. It's advancing to the front where the action and the fun is with all the innovation, fresh stuff. That's cool, isn't it? Uh, The team and the business is is more than capable to go without me. And, uh, you know, it's just, again, there's there's nothing I can teach those guys anymore. Uh, We can do a lot more service, Greg and I, kind of where we originally, our passion is is what's that next generation of stuff look like and how can we expedite it?
0: That's a dream, isn't it? Doing more of the things you love. That, that's what you're doing. That's great.
1: So you're an investor in vvolution, and we've absolutely loved you being involved. ad yeah. like
0: chats are just incredible. Yeah, like,
1: you just inspire us every time we talk <laughs> and you also just like see, you're so futuristic with the way you kind of view like the world and business and, mm-hmm. you know, the way society is. And for us, it's just like, we just love our talks because it makes us just so excited and makes us also confident that we're doing the right thing and we're on the right path. And also you're like super passionate about education as well. And obviously with what's happening right now with, you know, COVID-19 and just, you know, the, you know, climate change and the way the world is like the world is changing very quickly. And what are your thoughts on how society will change in the coming decades? Like, you know, do you see us kind of living in a different way and, you know, kind of businesses, you know, operating differently in the future?
2: Yeah. Good question. Um, yeah. First, let me big you guys up a little bit. Um, uh, cause yeah, I, you guys, you guys shun out like, to me, like stars, cause in my telling of the tale, it's, uh, it's people like you doing what you're doing, which is the next phase of this. I think once it be kind of comes awareness, then there's this assembling, gathering, community building bit where we go from being the minority to being the majority. And when you're the minority, you can kind of sit back and complain and moan. But we're, once we're the majority, it's what do you want to do instead? You know, where are we going to start? Who's going to do this? All that kind of piece. So I think you guys are pioneering in that point of view of pulling everyone together and more than that, expanding what we're interested in saying it's not just food. Food is a subset of a plant-based generation, which in my terminology, getting more in harmony with nature. That's the nature of what the next generations have to do. And food is a nice, easy entrance to it because it's totally accessible. Everybody shares it. It's a, there's just a lot of virtues in food first. So from my, my telling of the tale, you guys were, you know, from heaven. It's exactly what you're looking for. It's like, and then we're going to get to this part of the story and people like you are going to appear and do these wonderful things and gather everyone else. <laughs> um, so I do think that there is a bit of, from the community being dispersed to coming together. becomes kind of the natural bit and in originally before COVID and I still think this is true long term in mid-game space in real space so there's something about having a digital community and then there's also something about physically getting together so I thought that cross bit that you guys had you're not only working in digital spaces you not only have a broad long game idea that fits everybody in and you're not fighting micro fights between the the vegans and the vegetarians and the octos. It's, it's all more whole food, more often, plant-based. We're broadly on the same team of let's get in harmony with nature. And I think that is the, is the right frame because you're starting to pick a coherent, actionable vision of what, what comes next and the people to do it. And uh, so I think you guys are at a, a pivotal place in kind of this whole story. And uh, and then from you, are you're going to attract a whole new generation of crowd. That is uh far sharper than my generation was, so I'm, I'm bullish just on the community building that you guys are doing and the framing of the long game that you guys are, are doing, and uh, so that's why I think you guys.
1: Oh, thank no, you so Jamie. much, Jamie. You always say the most like loveliest <laughs> things to us, and we always feel like just like just help us so much yeah yeah. you just help us so much and supported us so much and we just appreciate everything that you do and everything you do to support us and just thank you it's so lovely
2: well well, you guys don't quite appreciate how rare how rare you are (laughs) uh, it's part of your charm
1: (laughs) We had a question from our plant-based business patron community about marketing, and it's actually from one of our really good friends who's been involved in tons of our events before. He runs an age a media agency called um, Ghost, and it, they do um, it's like social, social so they're a digital media, content agency. Yeah, digital content. They agency. don't have a website. But, yeah. they have,
0: but they do marketing for some of the biggest brands in the world and celebrities. And,
1: and they're literally the ghosts of the internet. I love that. <laughs> um, and they had a question about um, your branding and marketing. Because they just love everything that you do. And they were wondering, like, do you do this in-house or do you work with external agencies?
2: Uh, we've got, we work with agencies and in-house now. Originally, it was just, came up with it on my desk, you know. Um, and I did the original art back in the day, oh, wow! but now we've got the, the team that mostly does it, and then we get back up. Yeah, it's, yeah Naked and Trek were both done in a day, <laughs> the same day.
0: But did you have to breakfast that morning?
2: <laughs> I did, I know. Well, I had that flash of insight, you know, when you get sometimes you're all fired up and you're like, aha, I know. <laughs> yeah, it turned out that the Naked, I got turned on the Naked thing. I was looking for, you know, word, anybody that's done a business, I was trying to get copyright for your words. Yeah. It's hard, right? Everything's been taken. So we're trying to get names, and naked this and naked that was all taken, and uh, but then I remembered. Have you ever heard the Hagendos story? Have I told you this about what Hagendos means? No, no. No. Yeah, well, like, what language do you think Hagendos is? German. Yeah, it's my understanding is it's a made-up language. It's made in New Jersey, (laughs) I think. It is designed to sound it's designed to sound foreign in every language. So you go to a German guy, they'll be like, I don't know, is that Dutch? No, Dutch that's Swedish. And it's designed to kind of interrupt. (laughs) You know, so the the idea that a nonsense word was okay, and that allowed me to take naked and fiddle with it, and my rationale was like, no, it'll stop you in your tracks in that extra second where you have to figure out what the hell it means. That'll be a benefit to a little brand with no money. That that, that idea of you just had to interrupt early when you have no money. I was conscious of this is going to show up on a mid-game shelf somewhere that no one's ever heard of it. You've got to stop somebody from, as they walk by, you have to, their short game has to get curious, come up, grab it, flip it over. You know, you've got a co- complex sequence of events that that little wrapper on the shelf has to do. So, in the early days, it was really important about getting attention and stopping people. And in that case, being different was okay. I didn't have to explain it all, being a little weird was fine. As long as they stopped and took a look Yeah, was more important than them understanding it immediately.
0: Yeah, yeah. it totally makes sense. We're now coming on to our quick fire question round. So, Jamie, this is the bit where you've got to answer quickly. This is the one, the one sentence answers. So, um, Judy would go first.
1: Why do you get up in the morning? Why do I get up in the morning? Day
2: to day, I'll usually get up, and uh, before I get up, I'll think of something that, that day that I'm looking forward to do. Something that's exciting. It could be playing with a dog or making coffee or a call to do, but I really try to do a little bit of long gaming right there in bed before I get out. They're like, oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. I'm gonna get up and do that. That kind of gets my brain going.
0: Amazing, right? Like today, this
2: like like today, this interview. I was like, oh, I'm looking
0: forward to that. amazing. I think I know the answer system. What problem are you trying to solve with Natural Balance foods?
2: Well, I think I mean uh, sur- surface level, it's just trying to get people to eat more whole food more often.
0: Yeah, great. Because
2: I know in a bigger context, that ha- that has a lot of descending benefits. Yeah. Um, broadly and more sneakily. I really want people to think more holistically more often, you know, because I think that's a very empowering, positive way to do it, but that's in the background. So up front, it's more whole food, more often is a good place to start. Perfect.
1: Great. One, what one resource or factor has been the biggest impact on your business so far?
2: Uh, Oh, my brother, (laughs) probably. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We, my, I we have done all this with my older brother, Greg, and we compliment each other really wonderfully. And he's, wonderful management, wonderful organization, wonderful with people. So we have such a nice culture and friendly, helpful crew in large part just because everybody's been filtered through Greg and has to deal with Greg and he has such a nice way about it. So uh, I think the the combination of kind of my intensity, long gamey stuff and Greg's nice, practical, uh, manageable stuff with people, those work together. Otherwise, the job would be you know, it would take a lot out of one person. So in practice, Greg and I kind of split up the manage, uh, traditional managing director role into two parts. I get kind of the creative, vision-y part. He gets the nuts and bolts management part. And, yeah.
0: uh, you get the fun bit. That, that um. makes a
2: lot... <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, yeah, and he thinks he's got the fun bit. So that's my problem. He doesn't want to do what I do and I don't want to do what he does. So it's perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> Dream team. Um. So this one... I... What are your top three books or podcasts you recommend to entrepreneurs? Oh, that's a good question.
2: Um, well, When I was in Eastern Europe, before I had four game dynamics or anything, I taught uh, all these Ukrainian business guys, I taught them seven habits of highly effective people. Oh, yeah. Talk okay. about people who have a paradigm off. You've got all these Soviet crowd. They don't know how to organize anything. You know, they need a process or some kind of mental model that puts one foot in front of the other um and as an when i started the nbf and it was you know you start you kind of have this uh, you feel like you're a faker you're act, going around like you've got this company but you're just starting this company you haven't done anything you know uh that model was nice because it gives you a sequence of things to do so i remember when i'd be stuck i'd be like okay first things first put in win win you know you go through it and um uh, you can get through almost any process if you don't know any other business walk whoever you're talking through through that so that really helped me in the in the early days. Um, then also another model that helped was uh, GTD. That's a management, you get into productivity after a while, you start to do it. Entrepreneur, you get overwhelmed, then you get very interested in simplifying and getting productive. So GTD helped. And then a lot of uh, everything, all the kind of holistic Eastern stuff, everything from Taoism to Buddhism, to, to Zen, to integral, to spiraled, all these different models that are kind of taking a holistic worldview a little more Seriously.
1: Um, That's so great. interesting.
0: What has been the biggest challenge you've had to overcome so far with building your business?
2: Other than that, just from the personal bit, it's just, I'm not a business. It didn't appeal to me in general. I had to make it all this bigger thing for me to be interested in, passionate about it, you know? So business per se itself was never something that I was interested in. So just my kind of my own inverted minimalist nature. <laughs> uh meant that I had to have a lot of this to get motivated to go do
0: what we've been doing.
2: So, um, yeah, I think my- You had to
0: create a revolution, basically.
2: Yeah, it, it, it had to be so exciting and so interesting and so passionate for me to think it's worth doing because I'm so easily satisfied with little. <laughs> that, uh, I find that, yeah, getting myself to do it, and that's why getting the team to kind of balance your my weak spots was really important because the idea of doing all of it was like- too intimidating. I never would. I'd quit. I'd procrastinate. So again, finding my role in it that that I could get into flow, and, and once you realize that that oh, that's why teamwork is so great. <laughs> that that was a big that was a big deal because I think a lot of people who have the long game may not be the person that want to manage the people, or you may you know you not not everybody has all the different skills. So I think that caricature comic book version of what an entrepreneur is is just one kind. And I think, uh, go where your strengths are and back up the rest in your, where you'll struggle is trying to do something you're not very suited for.
1: Definitely. What do you do to keep yourself sane?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I hold it, I hold it all pretty loosely. So I think I like, uh, Alan Watts once had a phrase phrase once about taking things sincerely, but not seriously, you know, and you get to have a playful attitude about things. And that's why. All my little dimensions are named games because they're fun. You know, you're, you're trying to have, you're, you know, you want to you bring a certain attitude to play that isn't necessarily trivial, you know, but it isn't, uh, you're not grinding, you're not hustling, you're not doing any of that stuff. So for me, I think the framing it all of it as a, doing it loosely and it's it's a doing, it's not an identity to get too wrapped up in. It's an activity that I enjoy. And so you don't get too married up with the, Status or long game labels of things. It's just I'm doing it because I like doing it, and you're perfecting it along the along the way. Again, for me, who's someone who isn't inherently attracted to, oh, I'm gonna, you know, some monster achievement goal. That was necessary for me to keep at it, have a good time, and not go crazy.
0: Amazing. Look, well, that's um, that's the end of the podcast. It's just been a pleasure to have you on the show, and you know, thanks for your support of us, and thanks for kickstarting this Whole Foods revolution because we've all benefited from it as a society you know and as individuals and then lastly jamie where can people connect with you if they want to reach out to you and talk about their long game where can they do that
2: uh, the best place for kind of non-nbf stuff is uh if you go on twitter under captain simple said what or captain simple did what i've got uh we've got a little bit of management for game stuff over there
1: right great thank you so much jamie and speak to you soon. great
2: thank you guys for-
0: Hi plantpreneurs, thanks for listening to this episode of the Plant-Based Business Podcast. It was produced by Feevolution and this series is hosted by myself, Damien Clarkson and my co-host, Judy Nadell. Before we go today, I have a quick favor to ask. At Feevolution, we believe in the power of business to positively impact the planet. This is why we created the podcast to help accelerate the good work you're all doing in making the world a better place. But we need your support to keep this community going. We've created our new plant-based business community over on Patreon for just a few pounds a month. You can support the show and growing and helping us to shine a light on the plant-based businesses changing the world. So please head on over to www.patreon.com slash plant-based business and show your support for this podcast and the free content we create. Also please remember to share this episode in your favourite social network can't tell you how much things like reviews and social shares help us and our mission to tell the world about the growth of the plant-powered business movement. You can find us on Instagram at plantbasedbusiness underscore and at thevolution underscore. Okay, keep safe and we'll see you all again soon.